Uh, hi guys, right? And uh, hi Instagram people. It's nice Hello. having all of you guys back again. And today we have Sandra by a boss. That's me. Yes. So okay, so um, Sandra, she is uh, she actually learned to code at Next Academy, and she has a very interesting background. For all of you guys who are really interested in you know coding or whatnot. I think you'll find her background very interesting. So Sandra, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, um, I actually started out with no coding experience whatsoever. I had never done anything to do with tech, which is very strange considering both my parents actually did computer science. Oh, okay, really? <laughs> you need, yeah, I was the least technical out of everyone in my family and um, I did law at university and, um, but, became quite apparent very quickly that it was not the path for me. It was definitely not something I wanted to continue with. And um, yeah, so I worked in a law firm for uh, four years, much to my embarrassment, even though I said I was going to change my jobs, I was going to do something interesting. So, but it took me a while to actually, you know, work up the courage to, to quit and to join tech. So that's nice. So so actually, I guess even though you are not so uh, tech, you say you call yourself tech savvy or whatnot. Uh, well, you are actually having you know your parents' blood flowing into yeah. you because <laughs> both of them are like from computer science. Yeah. You did law and then you came back to your actual calling. Came back maybe. to my roots. <laughs> yeah, came back to your roots as well. So. I guess it's very interesting because a lot of people were just wondering how is it like transitioning from something that is non-tech, right, to yeah. tech. Like your your background as a you know as a lawyer and then with no IT background and becoming you know getting into coding and whatnot. Yeah. Um. So how has that journey been? Like, is it easy? Is it tough? How is it like? It was definitely a challenge that I needed. Um, because you know at some point. I think you become very used to monotony or to routine that you don't really step out of your comfort zone very often. Yeah. So coding for me was two things. It was a way to change my career mm -hmm. and it was also something to challenge myself mm -hmm. to do something new. And, you know, they all say that doing something new, it changes your brain, it helps you think in a different way. And that was definitely something that I wanted to do. So um, it has definitely been a challenge because I had no coding experience whatsoever. <laughs> I was very lost in the beginning. I was frantic some days because I was like, why am I not making this work? But when you have the right attitude towards mm -hmm. something, when you really try and push yourself forward and you're surrounded with like-minded people as well who are extremely supportive of you know what you're doing and who are in the same boat as you, then it becomes something that you learn to enjoy because you can't just dive into something you and immediately enjoy it yeah it's something that you have to get used to first and you know you get used to being in that discomfort and you mm. get used to um opening your brain and challenging your brain a bit more and then it becomes something that you look forward to Okay. Nice. Well, guys, if you guys have any questions you want to ask Sandra, uh, feel free to pop those questions in as well. We have a bunch of questions here already that people ask us throughout the week, right? Uh, we will answer. Uh, we will answer them together. Uh, but yes, if you have questions, feel free to pop those questions in. And in the meantime, let's just go. This, you know, if you guys share this thing, uh, share this video, um, and. If, uh, and we want to have 10 shares, 10 and, shares. We, and Sandra will be giving this away, right, to a lucky, lucky winner.
yes, a lucky person. Right. Yay. Are you he wants us to teach me. That's the coolest. That's, yeah. <laughs> you know, this t-shirt, like, it's sleep clothes. That's pretty much the life away. <laughs> the last one that we have, like, it's yeah. one-time opportunity. Yeah. So, um, so what, so when you're learning to code at Next Academy, what's one thing that you enjoy the most? I think the fact that I was learning something new every day and you could feel yourself like coming out of the whatever routine or monotony that you were in before and you could see like oh every day i'm doing something completely different and i'm also building on whatever i learned the previous day mm -hmm. and i think that sort of when you realize that oh i'm actually doing this i'm actually learning a completely new skill even though it's from scratch um, there's a sense of satisfaction yeah. in it when you're, and you feel a sense of accomplishment as well because you're like, hey, I did it, you know, I, I stepped out of my comfort zone. I'm doing something that I never thought I would do, mm -hmm. but it's, I'm doing it for myself and I'm expanding my own horizons as well. And who knows what kind of opportunities it will open up for me. So that was, um, it was a very exciting time for me when I was first studying it next. Um, because I could really see myself changing. I could see the way that the way I, th I thought of things were changing as well. And the way I approached um, problems uh, was also changing. So whereas before I would have been like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what I'm doing. But as you progress in your in the course or you know, in whatever you're studying, you slowly start to make these connections. And then you begin to really understand a bit more about what you're learning and you know, how this can impact your future. I, I think what's something that's really interesting that you know you just say that it actually changes the way you think, right? Yeah. It's um people always think that you know when you come to learn to code, you're just learning one skill and and actually someone actually once came to me, he's like, oh you know what? It's not just learning a coding skill, it's actually learning a life skill. Correct. It yeah. changes the way he approached life completely, not mm -hmm. just in the coding sense, but really his life completely, yeah. he changed the way he solved problems in every part of his life. Yeah, so it does. And I also feel like um, because you are, for example, if you were someone like me who, you know, came in from a different job and you might find it frightening, but the very fact that you are doing something different is so important for you because you're taking skills that you're, certain skills that you already know and you're applying them or you're changing them and you're basically morphing yourself into a completely different person and you're thinking of in ways that you never thought of before so yeah i think that's a very very important thing to do yeah okay cool so let's just get started with some of the questions that people have asked so as mentioned guys if you guys have questions uh either on instagram or on facebook <coughs> please feel free to key in those questions and we will answer them all right, um, so first question, uh, so Diana asked, you know, what's the course structure like and how long and what's the fees? Uh, okay, Diana, um, so it depends on which part of the course uh, you actually want to join. So like for Sandra, she joined the 10-week course. Yeah. Um, the 10 weeks is actually separated into uh, two, two, uh, two weeks, two weeks, and six weeks, right? So it's two, two, six, right? Um, and with the 10 weeks course, the first two weeks, you actually learn how to uh, do HTML, CSS, JavaScript, with Bootstrap, you learn how to build a website from scratch, uh, you learn how to write algorithms, um, be exposed to, you know, doing APIs and whatnot, uh, follow on by the following two weeks, which is with React, 
uh, with React and it's one of the most popular um, front-end frameworks out there that can create seamless, you know, seamless experience, seamless website user experience, right? Um, so I think that's quite like Facebook, for example, a lot of parts of Facebook is actually powered by React, for example. Mm -hmm. And then the following six weeks, you'll be using Python learning how to use Python, um, but with the focus on building uh, apps, right? Web applications. So after learning Python, um, then you will learn how to create an app, uh, the backend, you know? So the front end, front end for the first two weeks, uh, first four weeks and the back end together, they become an, a web app. Um, and from there, after that, you actually put your skills together to build the final project. Yeah. You should talk about your final project in a oh. bit. Yeah. <laughs> so you build the final project. And yes, yeah, so this whole 10 weeks covers front end, back end, to build, with a specialization on building apps, right? Mm -hmm. But not just that, um, you will be building a lot of really core foundation. Uh, your fundamentals will be really, pretty much pretty much really strong because you learn how to code in the future what I've seen a lot of the students uh, actually venture into they venture into things that are very different from what they've learned here so after they learn to code and learn how to build apps they eventually venture into you know IoT um, AI machine learning uh, data science um, I've seen people who venture into robotics as well so I guess when you know how to code yeah um you can do quite a bit of stuff opportunities are endless yeah you can there's do so many areas that you can apply yeah. your coding skills in yeah so. so there are just so much um, opportunities so we have the part-time version as well as the full-time version so full-time is 10 weeks long the one that sandra came along and then you'll be able to meet like-minded people yeah. like sandra <laughs> and for the part-time course um you would for the part-time course right now uh for the for the front end version of it, uh, we have an eight eight week program. So you know, do if you are working or whatnot, um, you should actually do come by and join us for the eight week part time program, because um, yeah, you don't need to leave your job, but in the meantime, you get to learn how to build apps and you know get to meet people, mm -hmm. um, and also actually schedule like almost like a one on one mentorship session with your mentors as well. So I. I think that's quite you know a lot of opportunities which you guys should look into um okay so let's just move on to the next question right uh oh you know what we have actually spoke about this atira asked you know if it's is it possible for someone without any extensive it background to join the program so maybe let's just you know recap and repeat yourself yeah. again so it absolutely is um i know that myself i came from no code from I had absolutely no experience in coding. Um, and I know a lot of my cohort as well didn't have any experience in coding and they just wanted to either, I mean, they joined for various reasons. It was either because they wanted to make a career change or because maybe in the future they were going to um, join uh, a computer science course at university. Some of them were quite young as well um, or because they just want to pick up a new skill and you know do something different or do something in their own time. So it definitely is, possible for you to join yeah. um, to join the bootcamp with absolutely no coding experience because I feel like you really get from day one it's intensive but it's also drilling into you a sense of discipline learning it um, so that you can learn how to code outside of next even so you know you learn all the fundamentals in class but then you go home and you might have to digest it all and you might have to um, Google a lot of things. We Google a lot. 
So don't be afraid to Google, guys. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it is a really good place to learn how to learn and how to start, you know, because you do learn the fundamentals in class and your mentors are always there to help you. So if you feel like maybe you're nervous to try it out, um, I would just, just, just do it because you won't know whether you're going to enjoy it or whether you have an aptitude for it if you don't try it out. Yeah, I think one of the key things is that when, you know, it's okay for someone who had no IT background or with IT background to join because we have seen people with IT background or without IT background coming through the doors. And, um, and I think one key thing that I see uh, people who becomes really successful or uh, become really good at coding is the attitude that uh, they is the attitude that they they bring when they come in to learn right be open to learning as what you know she has mentioned um one key thing is to not be afraid of failure yeah yeah because you know with one thing in, okay if you are a surgeon i understand you know if you're a surgeon you cut one wrong thing that's it man right but this is programming right and honestly very often it's very normal for us to see bugs and it's very normal for certain things to not work yeah. you know when those things happen don't be paralyzed in fact just you know it's just just a computer telling you that hey sandra hey audrey something's not working yeah so it's time to fix it and that's about it so i think that attitude of you know not being afraid of failure not being afraid of mistakes yeah right uh it's very very important i think like um Drawing on from that, like in the beginning, I was very scared to make mistakes and yeah. I got extremely frustrated with myself whenever I couldn't figure something out yeah. um, because I'm I'm like a perfectionist, like I need to make things work. And if I don't, it's like, oh, I'm a failure. Everything's going to go downhill. But when you're again, when you're surrounded with like minded people, um, always ask your yeah. friends, yeah. always ask your friends. If you're too nervous to ask your mentors, which I know some people were in the yeah. beginning, we would ask each other and just be like, how do we fix this? How do we do this? I don't know. And that actual process of working together with someone, even if you both don't know how to do it, because yeah. you're both going to have different bits of information. One of you might know something or remember something that the other doesn't, and you slowly build up from there. And that whole process is so crucial to your learning and to you getting things to work or to, you know, figuring things out for yourself. And, you know, you can always ask the mentors, but for me, I found that um, it was so crucial for me to have that, to be able to speak to Someone, my fellow yeah. classmates, you know, because I knew, I guess there was a sense of comfort that we were both in the same boat. We both didn't know what we were doing, but we managed to make this yeah. work anyway. Yeah, I think, um, and I think what one good thing, like just what you say, that people, both of you have different perspective. So it's actually, you know, recommended. We always tell people in class, like, yeah, talk to your mentors, but also talk to your friends as well, because everyone may approach the same prop, uh, same problem in very different ways. Yeah. This, um, the way you solve it, you know, the outcome is the same, but all of us could have a different way of solving them, mm -hmm. right? And the best part about actually communicating and talking to each other, working together and brainstorming ideas together is where now you just don't just learn one way of doing things. You learn multiple ways of yeah. doing things together. So I think um, that's definitely something, you know, uh, if you're going to be joining a program, you would, would definitely obviously be need to want to work hard, I guess, work hard 
uh, not be afraid of failure, but the third one is being willing to share. Share your ideas, share your thought process, and being willing to learn from each other. Yeah. So I think those are very, very core things um, that we find uh, will help you know help you be successful in learning to code. And it and what's interesting it is that you know the best coders that I've seen uh, that comes up from Next Academy doesn't a lot of them don't actually have IT background. And that is interesting because people always assume like, oh, you have IT background, this person will be the best. But yeah. it turns out that it's not always the case, right? It's yeah. not always the case. So guys, if you have no IT background, the first key thing is, you know, start trying and see if you actually love it or not. Mm -hmm. So I think that is one thing to think about. Um, oh, okay. So we have Victoria here watching. And hi, Victoria. It's great having you here with us. Um, uh, okay. Ah, all right. So, Kairos actually asked, "What coding languages will be taught?" Well, you want to okay. go through it. <laughs> so, so um, again, like what Audrey said, um, the first two weeks, two weeks yeah. you just you do, um, and these are the fundamentals for building your first static websites. You do HTML, um, you do CSS, and you do JavaScript. Yeah. And these are they're so powerful and so important. Yeah. And they're basically like you always hear names thrown out like you know Python or Ruby, so on and so forth. But these three are so important to actually getting what you want there in the first place, to getting a web page and then being able to do what you want to do with it from then on. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, um, yeah. and and I think during the first two weeks as well. So these so HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Um, so these are the core things, the fundamentals of the fundamentals. Um, uh, the fundamentals of the fundamentals and but you also be learning bootstrap as well so bootstrap we, do you call it a framework it's a kind of like guess, a framework or library yeah. of sorts right kind of like a css yeah. library css framework. library so you kind of learn um, bootstrap as well so bootstrap is kind of i, I love calling it the shortcuts yeah and so right it's like because html css javascript you write it really raw you write it from scratch right but then now you have bootstrap saying someone someone saying like hey i have a bunch of shortcuts for you already yeah. so you can use my shortcut. So you also learn Bootstrap, but you also learn uh, concepts like APIs and so on. Um, some of you guys would prob may probably have heard of it. So yeah, so then the following two weeks. Then we do React, which again is another uh, it's a framework. framework. And it is a very beautiful framework, actually. And it's very fun to use um, in the beginning, you know, because it draws on from JavaScript. So um, from there, like when you're that's when you really like see, oh, I'm creating something really cool because you have all of these like pop-ups or you have all of these added features that you can do um, with your app. And it's something, what we do in our second week is that we, um, we build things, we build uh, like an Instagram clone from scratch. And that is extremely fun to do. Um, can be kind of like confusing at times and frustrating because you're like, but I don't understand how this works, but you will, trust me, you will get there in the end. And um, I, I know that a lot of us really enjoyed doing React. It was a very fun, um, it was a very fun framework to learn. And and then uh, the third part we will be doing, uh, you will learn Python. So Python as the language. So very often we say that um, coding languages are a medium for you to actually communicate with the computer. Uh, for us, we use Python. Um, one of the reasons why is because it's easy to learn. Uh, it's clean, it's beautiful. Okay, it's clean, it's beautiful. Um, and it's also a language that 
where it has a lot of we call it libraries, meaning that, uh, for example, if you want to get eventually down into finance, you say, I want to build a, you know, a trading board, for example. Uh, Python libraries actually have a lot of math and finance related uh, formulas libraries inside, which you can just immediately use it straight away, as opposed to doing or building everything from scratch. Um, and then if you say you want to go into, you know, when people talk about AI or data science or machine learning, uh, interestingly enough, Python is the, you know, the language where a lot of people are using it for, for this, you know, AI machine learning and data science. So in, as mentioned, instead of writing everything from scratch, now you have this library kind of like a shortcut to say yeah. to immediately use it. So which is why a lot of people are looking, you know, towards learning Python because it really unlocks a lot of possibilities. Mm -hmm. um, and for us, when uh, on for the third part of the course, after learning Python, you will also learn uh, about databases. So that's where you learn SQL. Um, so some of you guys may have heard of SQL, even though you are not coders. Uh, some people actually do practice SQL in, in their workplace. Um, so, so basically, you have a database full of data. If you use, you basically you have so much data that your Microsoft Excel and your Google Sheets is not able to handle yeah. them. The only the, then in that case, you the way to handle it for you to query data is for you to use SQL. Um, so yeah, so you'll be learning that as well. And then finally, you'll be putting you know Python, SQL, everything together, and uh, using the Flask framework. So Flask framework is we call it a web development framework. So you use that um, to actually build the backend of, uh, you know, of an app. So you know, you now you learn how to build the front end, which is the you know the static website, the look and feel of the website, and then the remaining six weeks you learn how to build the backend of the website. You merge them together, and tada, yeah. an app is here, an app. So that's how it works. Um, so yeah, so there are a lot of languages. And, uh, and one key thing is this, right? Even after the course, you know, uh, Kairos, do not, you don't need to stick to just this bunch of languages. In fact, it is very, very normal for a software developer to actually be able to adapt to other languages as well. So when your fundamentals are strong, it's easy for you to adapt and try out new languages. And it's very, very normal. Uh, one or two years in, you know, as a software developer, as a coder, um, it's very normal for a developer to say that, oh yeah, uh, I've been coding in five, six different languages because my work requires me to do that. So that is very, very normal. So don't, don't be so fixated <coughs> with a language. You are not a Python developer, you are a software developer. And just think about it because a software developer means that you should at least have a certain ability to adapt to new technology and new languages. Correct. And yeah. I know like people from my bootcamp as well, yeah. um, like during my, for my cohort, yeah. I know some of them are coding in like C sharp, which wow. is like completely different to what we had learned. And so yeah. it's, I find that so impressive. And I know, um, couple of people who are doing, you know, getting into Vue.js, you know, as opposed to React, for example, mm -hmm. or like PHP. Yeah. And that's so impressive to me because yeah. it really does show that what you learn in the bootcamp is really just the, f the groundwork for you. And mm -hmm. it sets up the stage for you to learn so many more languages and so many more frameworks. And um, I think that aspect of learning how to learn is what it's, helps you progress yeah. in your career. Yeah. Like in the world of coding, it will never stop 
evolving. Really, literally, if you think that it will ever stop evolving, you just think about it. Five years ago, you know, what has tech brought to Malaysia and compared with today? It has changed so much. And coding or the world of tech will continuously evolve. So, which is why, you know, at Next Academy, our goal is to make sure that your fundamentals are strong so that you can adapt to the ever-changing world of tech. We, you cannot just say, oh, you know what, I learned coding two years ago and I'm obsolete right now. You cannot be that. Um, so really, your ability is actually, the, the goal is to be able to adapt to new things. Um, so guys, uh, we were just uh, informed that we have eight shares already. Oh. Yay, eight shares and two more left, guys. Like, just need to share two more times and then... Sandra will be giving this away. Ta-da. Okay, la, this one is quite nice, la, right? Basically <laughs> code. And then um, you guys could come and learn to code and, you know, and live yeah. up to this prophecy. Yeah. Make it a prophecy for you guys. Um, and hi, Lin-Lin. Thanks so much for dropping by. And it's great to, if you have any questions at all, you know, feel free to ask us. Uh, we definitely would love to be able to answer these questions for you. All right, let's go on to the next one. So Joshua Kang actually asked a very similar question. Like Joshua asked, what uh, framework or tech should I uh, dive into? So it's not so much about, like Godra said, it's not so much about the framework or what technologies to use. It's more about getting your fundamentals down. And you can start with any language, but the most important part of it is that you understand your core concepts because yeah. then that makes you adaptable mm. and it means that you'll be able to you know use what you have learned and you know transform it yeah. um into something for your next job or yeah. you know whatever other language you're going to be using so again it's not really about what's the best framework what's the best language to learn it's more about the core concepts that you will learn in any language and yeah. um and how you can use that to adapt to another language later on if you end up moving or changing yeah. yeah. So I think one of the biggest risks <coughs> that I've seen some people is where they focus so much. It's actually really interesting to see how people learn coding. So I've seen some people who want to make sure that their fundamentals are strong, right? I learn how to code first, you know, do it the raw way, then dive into frameworks because frameworks are, to me, to us, it's kind of like shortcuts, right? To make your life easier, right? Fra dive into frameworks and then uh, so on and so forth. We, I've also met people who don't really want to care much about the fundamentals, they just dive straight into the frameworks. Um, the problem with diving into frameworks is that, yes, you know, you tricked it like, oh, a step by step, you know, step one, I will do this, step two, I will do this. Um, oh, there are templates, there are frameworks, you know, I can just follow them. But remember, things change very fast. You know, first thing first, frameworks can lose popularity. Today, something might be very popular now, you know, give it another few more years, people would just go like, oh, that was so yesterday and now we have a new thing that's coming up and let's go towards that. And what happens when that happens and you say you call yourself, oh, I'm this, this X, X, amount, uh, X framework developer and then it just falls in popularity, then what, are you obsolete now? So I think that is one thing you should um, you know, think about. Uh, and people fall into that trap and it's really scary the fact that when I actually go on, when I actually go on, um, on the internet and read up on you know people people ask these questions because they wanted to learn to code and there are so many people who give them i'll call i don't want to call it false information but to me it's it's not really ethical but mm -hmm. it's not really good to just tell people oh you just need to learn this framework and you're set for life what does that mean right 
if things change, what will happen yeah, next? Correct. You know, so if your fundamentals are not strong, you can't even customize the things that you want to learn. And your framework decided to say, um, you know, decided for whatever reason, lose popularity, you are not going to be able to secure your own, uh, your, you would not be able to evolve with, uh, with the tech world as well. So I think one really key thing is think about building your fundamentals really strong. So for us, I think at Next Academy, one, we also always remind our students, which is why we always, you know, start off with HTML, CSS, JavaScript, everything we, we make sure that the students are able to actually do it the, the raw way. That's the key thing. And then only introduce the shortcut way. Right. If you just jump straight to the shortcut way, you would not be able to do and really you wouldn't be able to do much beyond that. Mm -hmm. um, the same thing goes with, you know, uh, with so you also learn JavaScript first, then only you learn React.js. Then you also learn Python first, then only you learn Flask. So Flask is a framework. So make sure that you actually have your fundamentals before you move on to the framework. Yeah. And then with the framework as well, you also need to understand the flow or the way it actually works. So when you understand how things work, right, how different concepts work, that in the future, um, it's easy for you to actually go to new technology, new languages, new frameworks, because, hey, you realize that, oh, the concepts are quite similar. Yeah. So I think those are very crucial things for you to think about, Joshua. Yeah. Do you have and anything also, else? Yeah, I noticed online as well mm. that one of the top questions is, what language should I learn? Yeah, and they'll go through like the year. What's the best language to learn for 2019? What's the best language to learn for 2020? Yeah. And that is, it's not the wrong question per se, but it's maybe not the ultimate focus yeah. that you should have. You should be focusing more on, okay, if I pick up this language, what are the important things mm -hmm. um, to learn from it? And how, and what are the key concepts that, are translatable to any language that you learn because you do have the same, you know, yeah. you have the same like functions, for example, or like loops, so on and so forth, that will always be translatable to any other language. It's just maybe written in a different way. But as long as you know how to use them, and as long as when you change languages, you know how to write them, it's basically yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, it's really interesting to see there is like the war of like, the war of languages, coding languages, and someone's going to ask which language is the best language to learn and then all the people who reply and it's crazy because the way they stab each other, the way they try to put their best language, you know, this language is the best and the other guy will like, why do you need to learn that language? Yeah. That language is so yesterday, this <coughs> other language is the best and it's crazy because when I look at that, I'm like, wow, if I'm a beginner and I look at all these things, then I don't know where to yeah. start. You just get scared. You're like, oh, there's so many choices. And then you have, like, you get paralyzed. And, oh, no, I don't know which yeah. step or which direction yeah. to take. So, so which is why for us, I think for us, um, I actually will be very frank with people when they ask me that. I just say it really depends on what you want to do, right? But one key thing is that learning to code is not really the language, right? Mm. It is learning to communicate with the computer. So it's like it's like a kid, right? If you know there is English, there is BM, and there is Chinese, but we could learn all the individual characters and words. But if we cannot string them together, is we cannot even communicate. So I think uh, one key thing, which is why we always for us using you know HTML, CSS, JavaScript, or Python, it's just a medium. Right? 
it's just a medium for us to teach you the key core concepts to communicate with the computer to do the things you want to do. But in the future, you may not be using these languages. Maybe you want to use some, you know, I don't know, C Sharp, Java, yeah. Elixir. Um, there are so many languages out there. You might want to use those languages and it's totally okay. But the key thing you realize that, oh, I already know how to communicate with the computer. The only difference is the language. Yeah. yeah. So you get to that point, you know, but at the start, it's okay to just stick with one language, but you need to actually walk, you know, walk to the end of the journey with the yeah. one language first before you switch to a different language. Yeah. yeah. Know as much as you can. Yeah. Study as much as you can about it. Yeah. So, okay, Betty asks, uh, so hi, <laughs> Betty. Thanks so much for this question. Betty asks, which coding platform uh, should, should, uh, should she use? Okay. This is interesting. I think because uh, it's very true that a lot of people would think that oh, there must be a software, there must be a platform that I need to use, that I need to pay. And one interesting thing about coding is the coding community is very altruistic. Yeah. They love to give everything out for free. That's true. Actually, it's very true. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they give out information for free, which is so important as well, and which will help you along in your coding community yeah. and if you join Next as well. So um, all you need as a laptop, yeah, it's really a laptop. all you need, and um, some form of text editor, um, maybe a terminal if you're, you know, gonna do backend stuff as well. But the terminal is also inside the computer exactly. already, so, so it's in, it's already in your computer. You don't even need to download it separately. Uh, even like text editors are free as well. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't want to use the one that's downloaded, your computer also have text editor. Everything is given to you for free, so. That's the lovely part about coding. These people are so generous. It's yeah. like, oh, here you go. Yeah, go forth and learn. Go forth and learn. <laughs> yeah, so there is no um, exact coding platform, which is great, which is why we you probably heard the word open source or closed source, you know. So when we say open source, it means that it's open, it's public, it's for everyone to use and learn and to create and innovate. And that is the, which the reason why technology or software is so crazy and changing the world so rapidly is because these things are open source and people now have the access to all this stuff to create anything they want. And that's the beauty of, I guess, software. Um, yeah, and, and she also <coughs> asked if there is a lifetime software. So no, there isn't exactly a lifetime software. You don't need to, as mentioned, you don't need to pay for a lot of things because these people are really generous. Um, but she also did say, like she wants to be able to learn all aspects of coding. Do you want to be able to take that? All aspects of coding. I think because languages and because code itself is always changing, it's always going to be yeah. you know growing and adapting. You will never know everything, but that's perfectly okay because you will always be learning new things along the way and you'll always be refining your craft and you know honing your own skills so don't be there's i don't think that there's anyone in the world who knows every single aspect no. yeah. about a specific language or about coding there are very good coders there are ones who you know are constantly learning um but yeah there and it's not something to be ashamed of that you'll never know everything about coding because just like you know language is always changing or science is always changing so is tech so yeah i guess that's something to look forward to i guess one key thing i i could think about is uh as simple as this right like for us do we 
Do you memorize every single word in a dictionary? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we don't, right? But we have a dictionary. Uh, that's the power of a dictionary, right? So I think um, that's the same thing that goes with uh, that's the same thing goes with coding. Even with language, you don't expect yourself to memorize the entire dictionary. So it's the same with coding because it will always evolve. Just like language, right? It will always evolve. In fact, if you go down a few, you know, a few few more every year, a few more a few more years, you notice that. It, they are always adding new words in the dictionary. And the same thing goes with coding. And in fact, coding evolves even faster than language or anything else. It probably changes every, what, three months, six months? Yes. Six months, man. Six months and everything <clears throat> changes. And you need to actually um, go and check out uh, other things as well and see what have changed and update yourself with it. So this is how rapid things are changing. Yeah. And it also, I think, depends on what you're actually using um, what you're actually working on, you know. So, for example, if I'm just working, if I'm working on a website, I'm not going to need to know every single aspect of coding. I'm not going to need to know, you know, cal calculate different things, or I'm yeah. not going to need to put finance into my into yeah. my web app. So, um, it's it's a very broad thing, but it's also specific in a way, depending on what you're actually using it for. Yeah. All right, guys, so there is one more share left, guys. Uh, let's just do this, man. It's just one away, and we really want to give this out. So for you who share the last one, okay, make it happen, and then we'll give this out to one of you guys. All right, awesome. So now let's move on to the next question by Elson Lu. I can take this. He's, he's asking, um, how... Coding for digital marketing. How is coding being used for digital marketing? I think there is a lot of opportunities there. Um, so for me, I actually do digital marketing and I'll share with you some of the places where coding becomes really uh, prominent, right? So tracking. Learning how to track things is so important. How do people move from one, you know, one page to another page? Which button did you know the person click on? All these tracking bits require you to write code. Now, right now, they don't have a lot of stuff that don't require you to write code, right? All this stuff requires you to write code to actually make it happen. And sometimes, uh, what happens if I want to actually build very interesting, um, you know, stuff on, on my website? For example, if you actually, um, if you come to my website, you'll get into this uh, interesting coding game, right? That... I cannot find any solutions out there, but once you you know play this coding game and then you hit you know a certain level, let's just say you hit level ten, oh, I'm going to unlock some you know very interesting presents for you or a very interesting coupons for you, um, things like that. Very often you cannot find solutions out there, but we are able to build it, right? Uh, we are able to build it. We are able to actually figure how to actually capture attention, um, build games to, you know, to actually generate leads. And those are very normal stuff. Um, and not just that, right? Uh, you know, everything you see, in fact, your Facebook is actually, you know, done by coding. Uh, I've also known some people who actually go to Facebook uh, ads APIs to actually... Um, to actually write scripts to launch ads so that they don't need to actually say, so they don't even need to go into Facebook ad manager to actually set up the ads manually. They just need to 
just launch app with their with their program and that's mm -hmm. about it. Uh, they get the program to manage it, monitor it, and then if you know the results is not so good, then they will just stop it. Those things are very normal. And some of the very interesting stories I've heard is how about you know someone who actually this is actually a very interesting one. So, um, so this person is trying to look for uh, trying to look for emails, right? So the first emails that he was trying to look for was emails of a bunch of companies. Uh, there is about 500, 600 companies. And he's trying to look for the generate email, you know, the hello at something.com. Like mm -hmm. uh, for us, it's hello at nextacademy.com. Or, you know, you know, people may have a variation for it. So 500 websites. Do you go into each of the websites one by one yeah. to actually you know, look for the information? So what he did was that he wrote the script. You know, he just key in. And the best part is that he doesn't even have the website's URL. Mm -hmm. He only have the company name. Mm -hmm. So what he did was that he write a script. He write a program where uh, it will input the company name. The program will Google and look for the and look for the link that is related to the company name, and then we'll go through the different different pages within the go through the different different pages within the website to look for the generic email, the generic emails or whatever emails that are present in that website. Yeah. And he did that, and it goes through 500, um, 500 websites. You know, can you imagine you doing it yourself one by one? It's going to take a lot of time. But what he did was that he just wrote a program to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So those are just some of the little things that people actually use coding for digital marketing to scout for leads, to look for opportunities, um, to to make you know to make certain we call it um, to create the stickiness for of the app. Or you know, sometimes as marketers, we may not be the ones to build the app, right? But what happens is that sometimes I still want to create some, you know, some sense of uh, excitement on the website. Um, I don't need, I, we can just call it out ourselves now. We don't actually need people to actually do it for us. So I think that is one of the key things where, where you, as a marketer, when you know how to code, you can actually have, you can actually dive into a lot of opportunities to create very different, um, I can create very different things. And it's a huge range from tracking, from building um, interesting lead magnets to, you know, scraping the internet for information. Yep, all these things. There is so many stuff that you can do with um, using coding for digital marketing. So I hope that answers your questions, Alison. Uh, oh, wow. So we have 11 shares. Um, make sure the Okay, guys, so we have 11 shares. So this is a time where we are going to actually start uh, gathering all your information. So make sure your profile is public or else we can't see it. And if we can't see it, we won't know that it's you. Uh, we won't be able to reach out to you uh, and we wouldn't be able to put you through the lottery system that we are having here, right? So people start making it public. Okay, remember to make it public. All right, so let's move on to the next one. Um, I think, why not before we move on to the next one, let's just talk about this very interesting project that you have built. I really like the project that you guys have oh. built for the, for, the final, for the final project, right? I love that. Uh, why don't you talk about that? So we built, me and my team, we built a Chrome extension and it was, uh, we had never built anything but we had never built a Chrome extension before. So it was our first time um, trying to build 
try to create something like that. And um, what we created was um, an extension where the user can input keywords. Um, and this is aimed at uh, parents, usually parents with young children who are just starting out to using the computer, using the internet. Um, so very young children, maybe like three years old onwards. I don't know how old kids use the computer these days, but it seems yeah. to be very young. So um, yeah, so we built a Chrome extension for them where the parents can input keywords um, for things that they don't want their children to see. So that can be anything from, you know, um, cuss words or, for example, violence that they don't want kids yeah. to see or, you know, things like these very controversial challenges, um, things like that. And what it does is it, the first thing is it censors the word. So all you see is like a star. Um, the second thing it does is that it will also blur out images associated with those keywords. Yes. And it also, um, uh, it disables the links. So if you Google something, you won't be able to click on a link if it contains um, that, those, the keywords. Yeah. So, and another thing that we added in was that if the child tries to click on it, it will actually send an email <laughs> to the parent and the parent can go and view the link afterwards and be like, oh, my child has been looking at, you know, at such and such a thing and uh, I should have a talk with them about this. So yeah. I, I find that very interesting because um, this is actually a really big social problem that a lot of people, parents are facing. So, um, you know, let's just, you know, address the white elephant in the room, right? Uh, the fact is that, you know, mental health is quite a big issue, right? Yeah. And people are actually going, sometimes going online to look at peculiar ways to do something unpleasant to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is real, right? Yeah. Those things are real. So what can happen is that by using this kind of tool, um, parents can input keywords, you know, that are unpleasant. Okay. Like okay, suicide or yeah. how to hurt yourself yeah. or, you know, there are so many things that parents can key it in, put it into Chrome extension. Uh, for younger kids, you definitely would be able to, um, so that they don't see all these images, especially when they're so young. Yeah. Um, they don't interact or be exposed to all these things, not when they're this young, right? But I think one of the key things is that when the kids are looking out for all this stuff, it actually starts triggering um, to inform the parents that, hey, you know what? Your kids are somehow, for some reason, looking at these things. Mm -hmm. and it's time to keep a lookout for it. Yeah. So I really like that tool because of that. I, I really see that you know there is a need for. Yeah. There is definitely a need for this. One of the things we were also thinking about, um, like two things actually. One of them was that you know you as a user, there may be things you don't want to look at or you don't yeah. want to see or, let's say that you're scrolling through, um, through, Facebook or YouTube or something. And sometimes you don't know what's going to come up in your yeah. feed, but something does come up and you're like, oh, that's not something I want to look at. So it'll, you know, as soon as you see that the word's been censored out, you're like, okay, I know I won't have a look at that. And the image will be blurred out as well. So hmm. if there's anything, you know, particularly graphic, you'd be like, okay, I, I, you know, you've saved yourself a lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of discomfort from that. Yeah. And another thing is that, um, especially for, um, kids in school, mm -hmm. for example, kids may be looking up things like, you know, gun violence or suicide, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that could actually be something to alert the teacher about yeah. beforehand. 
And, you know, it might, you know, before that child takes a step in any one direction, you can intervene and you can be like, hey, you know, maybe you want to have a talk with someone about this. Like, yeah. why, why are you looking at this, these sort of things? Do you have any problems at home? That yeah. kind of thing. What's so, happening? Yeah. I think that is definitely um, a very interesting solution that I think people actually need, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so this is what coding can do. When you actually see a problem, a real problem out there, um, you are now not limited to just waiting for someone to create something or give you innovation. You actually have the ability to say that I am going to be the one to solve this. I'm going to find a solution for this thing. And, and that's the power to code, right? Yeah. It gives the power to create. And so if you want to have the power to create, you guys know what to do. Come to Next Academy. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. So, so Leong asks, "What do I need to learn to build a Chrome extension?" Ooh. Oh, <laughs> if you look at the Chrome developer um, documentation, it's all there. Like they will actually give you a step by step. Um, so all of the files that you need, and um, it's all in JavaScript, really. So. You need to have really good uh, grasp of JavaScript, and that's one thing that you know we I really got back into because um, this was at the end of my you know coding journey. So JavaScript was like right at the be beginning. So because this was almost pure JavaScript, at least uh, from the Chrome extension point of view, you really got to uh, get back into it and you know relearn it. And you're like, oh, I remember how to do this now. And we did, or you learn a lot more stuff. As well about a language that you know you maybe only didn't have much time in. So um, yeah, it's all in the Chrome Developer apps. Um, it was, and we actually watched a lot of YouTube videos as well <laughs> how to create a Chrome extension, and that was quite fun. But it's yeah. it's actually quite simple. Yeah. yeah. So so that's the key thing, right? When the moment when you actually learn, uh, you know, it's you know one key thing. One thing we need to always debunk is that just because you learn to code doesn't mean that you don't use Google. Right. In fact, coders today, the most experienced coders I've met 10 years, 20 years, I say, hey, you know what, if you're stuck at a piece of coding, do you still do you Google? It's like, yeah, <laughs> why not? So I think um, I think there there are people who just go like, oh, you can't YouTube this. You can't, you know, you can't Google this. There is no such thing. Right? There is no such thing. Google is there for a reason. It's there to assist you. You don't need to memorize the whole entire dictionary. Right. That's the key thing. Right. If you need to find a word, um, you will actually you actually use a dictionary to find that word. Mm -hmm. So I think these are some of the key things that people need to know that it's okay, right, to to find to find ways to do it online, right? But the key thing is you try to understand how to do it yeah. so that you don't you don't blindly put together a Frankenstein. Yeah. Right. You actually would be able to create something uh, of value to yourself. And I mean there is so much to learn. So even things that you do know, and maybe you've used it countless times before, but just it just so happened that on that day yeah. you forgot the syntax for it. So, oh, how do I do inline styling for this again? Okay, yeah. immediately Google it and yeah. you get your answer. Especially for some people who actually needed to code like five six languages, yeah. sometimes they just go like, oh gosh, which one is this? Which yeah. syntax is this? <laughs> so sometimes you just clarify by googling, and mm -hmm. that's a very very normal thing. Okay, guys. Uh, Hi, Ivan. You know, nice having you with us. Uh, one key thing is if you want to actually join in the fun to actually win this, right? If you want to join the fun to win this, remember to share this, uh, to share this, 
what's it called, to share this webinar um, to people who actually would find this interesting, mm -hmm. right? For people who want to learn to code. So um, I think the sixth question number six, right? We have the next question, which is um, Ash, Ash Farhan. So Ash Farhan said, if I learn to code, what are the opportunities out there that I can get into? Yeah. So many. Um, because just because you learn how to code, it doesn't mean that you're just going to be doing coding. Like you could be doing so many different yeah. things with what you have. So um, maybe a lot of people will end up becoming, you know, software developers. But a friend of mine, for example, has joined a tech company, but she's a junior project manager, for example. And she's learning how to, you know, manage a team of, you know, developers um, with whatever that they're building. So coding is really just the beginning and there, it's, yeah. there's such a wide range of things that you can do. Yes, you could be building apps. Maybe you're only doing the front end, for example. Maybe you're only designing web pages or maybe you're doing um, user experience. You're like testing out user experience for different um, for different companies and or for different um, websites and you're like, oh, this should be changed because this doesn't provide, you know, this isn't very easy or user friendly. That yeah. kind of thing. So there's there are a lot of prospects. Um, again, data science, data science, um, that's business a big thing. analysts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, today people talk about machine learning AI, but I still think that it's quite uh quite in its infancy right yeah. now. Um, more and more people are talking about data science. But you know what's interesting? I've quite a, a few companies who reach out and they're like, oh, you know what? I'm looking for people who have good, you know, tech background who knows how to code but also have a business background. Mm -hmm. That's very yeah. interesting. So I was like, oh, wow. So you're looking for someone who have business knowledge and also have tech knowledge who also can code. That is quite a tough one, yeah. uh, quite a tough nut to crack, I think. So um, so one key thing that people always, uh, I think people were like saying that, oh, I've tried it from here before and I find it very interesting because, because of a few things, like because we have seen that some of the students are, uh, due to the fact that they have a very different background and now they can code their very interesting understanding or worldview of a certain thing and, mm -hmm. and they're looking for these people and very often these people will end up being you know consultants, IT consultants or whatnot in the area of transformation consultant, IT consultant. Uh, those are some of the things that I've seen so far. So so it's just unlimited and yeah. I think traditional <coughs> roles in the future traditional roles would also have elements of coding or tech in the future. In the future, accountants, maybe in the future, like if people say, I'm looking for an accountant, people might just walk out, I'm looking for an accountant who can code. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see that as foreign, right? I yeah. actually see that as being really possible, mm -hmm. right? Um, because I've seen some roles where people actually mention, traditional roles where people actually mention it and say, I'm looking for someone who does this, but also can code. You know? yeah. I'm like, wow, that is different. That is yeah. very, very different from um, what, you know, how the world is like these mm -hmm. days. So I think this has been great. Um, okay, so there is uh, Nochu asks, can I learn coding if my English is not good? Um, yeah, can I learn coding if my English is not good? Absolutely, because the best thing about it is you don't have to write full sentences if you don't want to. So it's all just about, you know, the, I mean, a lot of coding is in English, but it's also just 
being able to understand why this yeah. does this. Yeah. It's not, yeah. It, I, I used to, so I used to have this Japanese guy who barely speaks a sentence of English. Yeah. And everywhere he goes to, he will bring a dictionary, oh. a translation dictionary. And he is the most hardworking person I've ever met. And what he did is that he just translates the things that he had you know, he was going through. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, right, while coding looks pretty similar to English when you're learning, you know, to code, uh, it's usually the concepts, it's usually understanding the concepts. So yes, there are people, just like the Japanese guy, he turned out to be a really good coder. He can code, right? He can code really, really well. Um, but when it comes to learning the concepts, it took him a little bit of time because he needed, you know, when the mentors are teaching in English. So it was very normal where the mentors are, you know, speaking English and he actually recorded the entire thing that the mentor spoke about. And he actually go back and, you know, listen, re-listen it again. And, you know, take the, take the dictionary and translate the stuff that the mentor yeah. actually uh, spoke about. When you understand the concepts, right, the concepts can be delivered in English, Malay, Chinese or any other languages. It's no problem. Um, then writing the code is not going to be a problem, but the yeah. concepts is the one that you need to understand. So it's not about your English is good or not good. It's the question is, um, you know, do you understand the concepts or not? And the concepts can be conveyed in many different languages and it's totally fine. So yeah, and I think that I think maybe sometimes there might be a bit of difficulty right now because a lot of resources out there are in English, yeah. like, you know, the the people who talk about, you know, how to do this or talk about the concepts, mm -hmm. usually they convey in English, mm -hmm. which is why sometimes um, people may struggle. But um, but I think um, if those concepts can be, you know, spoke about in a different language, mm -hmm. then it should be fine. Yeah. It should be no problem. In my class, I know for sure um, there were a few people whose English maybe, um, or they couldn't understand something. So they would, you know, Google things in Chinese. Yeah. And they'd be able to understand things. And then they would be able to implement it using um, yeah. using whatever language they were using. So yeah. There's so, a, there's always ways around it. You don't have to be amazing in English to be able to cope. Yeah. So I hope that helps, you know, uh Nochu, I hope that helps answer your question. Um I think, you know, learning I, I salute you because yeah, even though you say that your English is not really, you know, not that good, but it's amazing that you're taking your first step to learn. It's amazing that you actually, I mean, for you to write the question here, I think your English is perfectly fine. Um, so I think, you know, sometimes it's just about putting, like, just like the Japanese guy, right? He really had the heart to learn. And he really go all out and, you know, when the mentors was teaching, or when he's asking questions, he actually recorded it down, re-listened to it again. He actually, asked about, hey, what are we learning tomorrow? So tonight he would actually, you know, research on it, read up on it and try some things. So when tomorrow he meets the mentors, he will have very specific questions. Yeah. Um, that was the effort, well, that was the level or the kind of commitment and effort he's willing to put in so that he can learn um, to code well. So the question for, you know, for everyone is, you know, um, if he can do it, why not us? We can yeah. do it too, right? The only question is, do we want to do it or yeah. not? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's always the struggle. Yeah. So I think let's go on to the last, last thing. How do you see, you know, coding for the future? For the future, I think that it's definitely going to be something that 
everyone, at some point, everyone is going to learn at least some aspect of coding because mm -hmm. I feel like we are, we are in the tech age and, you know, things are only going to become even more tech focused from here on. So I think that, for example, even in, you know, law firms, things are starting to become more automated mm -hmm. and, you know, you you're always, you might eventually need lawyers who are able to code or, you know, your admin staff might need to be able to code in order to be able to um, put everything in a database, so on and so forth. So, or to, you know, automate things that yeah. are very procedural. So definitely I think that coding is going to, or like tech itself is going, it's going to infiltrate every aspect in every industry in some way, it already does in some ways. So, yeah, I think it's only going to become even more crucial to learn how to code from here on. I, I think it's going to be really exciting to see what's going to be happening in the future. Um, I, for me, you know, coding for the future, what will happen in the future? Uh, the best, I, I mean, the best case scenario I could think of is that a lot of mundane, repetitive work would be automated mm -hmm. so that humans, human beings are able to live up to their full potential. That's how I want to think about it. Um, so you don't need to do the, you know, leave the mundane stuff to the computers, right? And right now in the future when AI comes in as well, AI is going to help assist you in making decisions as well. So what do we do as a human being? For us, we would be able to actually exercise our um, exercise our decision-making, our, our creativity, our, you know, our ability to actually do more with a robot or with AI assisting us um, to reach the goal that we want to get to. So um, I, for me, it's I'm looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, sometimes, you know, some people will see this as Armageddon, yeah. something that's going to happen. <laughs> you know, every single thing, every single technology, every single thing out there, you can use it. The technology itself is not evil. You can yeah. use it for good or you can use it for bad. Correct. And for me, I just want to look at it positively. Yes, you know, things will be replaced, uh, things will be automated. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't stop us from progressing. Mm -hmm. And I do hope that, you know, people will be able to do more, live out, um, live out to their fullest potential and be able to share with, with each other on, you know, the things that they could do as well. Yeah. So uh, that like, is definitely exciting for me. Yeah. And you can even, like, some people will think like yeah that it is armageddon but think of all the good things that it can do for example um you know for the environment yeah. for example like, there are different ways that you can implement you know your technology in order to impact to positively impact the environment or what about even in medic in um, medicine yeah. as well and in healthcare. so yeah i definitely think that there are so many ways that it can positively impact yeah. the world and um People shouldn't be scared about it. They should just try and understand it. Yeah. So you should all learn how to code because then you'll be able to grasp, you know, yeah. why it's so important. I think coding is just a tool for you to create stuff. And, you know, when you have this tool to create stuff, you have the ability to actually use your creativity to do anything you want. And I think that's very exciting because in everyone's head, in everyone's mind, there's always a solution to really big problems out there. And it's the only reason, the only thing that's holding you back is very likely you just don't really have the ability to make it real, make it into a reality. Yeah. But I think with the power to code, I've seen so many people, you know, changing an idea, turning an idea into an actual 
actual thing, you mm-hmm. know, actual thing that's happening out there. And I think that's very exciting. So, um, and that's why I think at Next Academy, I see a lot of dreamers. I see a lot of doers, people who dream big, people who want to do things, um, people who want to build stuff, people who want to create stuff. And which is why it's exciting because you meet a lot of like-minded people here, gathered in a single space, and then everyone talk about, you know, building things, creating things, mm-hmm. and that itself is exciting. Yeah. Yes. Just about meeting people, learning together and throwing big ideas at each other. And and I think I would love to see more of that. And if you are one of these people who are doers, who are, you know, creators, who are dreamers, I think this is a space where you could actually, you know, very well come here and go wild with your imagination. Yeah, that's true. Don't just see it as a place uh, just to learn to code. No, I don't see it as a space to yeah learn to code and you know, get a skill and say bye-bye. No, it's really much more than that. It's a space where you can dream. Yeah, and it's not just, you know, a bunch of, like, nerds. Everyone is, you know, a nerd here, but it's not just the old way of thinking about it that everyone's like, oh, yeah, the computer, no. like, like this and focused. But people, because they come from all sorts of backgrounds, they're so creative and they have so many experiences Mm. that it's not you know your stereotypical nerd with glasses although some of us might wear glasses (laughs) like from that you see on cartoons like they're very we say like-minded people but they're not all the same it's not we're not all a cookie cutter you know cookie cutter mold it's so different these days right Mm -hmm. you know in the future the future is where a lot of people would know how to code and they can be musicians Mm -hmm. You know, they can be musicians, artists, writers, celebrities, right? Singers, right? Lawyers, waiters. Uh, we have waiters, really. Uh, what else do we have, right? We have people who are in business, engineering, dentistry, pharm- you know, pharmacies, all sorts of yeah. background. And, and are you saying that we also have gamers, okay? We also have gamers. Last time we had this guy who is like this gamer. Um, he was one of the top starcraft gamer in malaysia wow. and learning how to code right we have all sorts of people and who are you to say that they are nerds they are hmm. not they are like one of the coolest people that i've met and they are going out there to you know slay the world with their coding mm-hmm. skills we yeah. have djs as well dj yeah. two djs so far oh, really? and two or three djs okay learning to code and that is exciting mm-hmm. um i think that's pretty much it do we have anything else uh Oh, okay. So we actually, uh, so we have the announcer right now. Do you, okay, do you want to be the one okay. announcing it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Who would be the winner? So we put through the lottery about of yeah. all the people who actually shared this, uh, this post and you know, my team actually put through a lottery and now we have a special name. Are you guys ready? Cool t-shirt is Kairos. Kairos Zero? Cairo sells syrup. Okay, Cairo, so yay, 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 you won this. Okay. Um, so what will happen is that we are going to uh PM you in a bit. Uh we're gonna private message you and gonna get you know information off you, like you know, uh you know, your shirt size, you know, how you're gonna how we're gonna send this to you or how you're gonna get this. Uh and yeah, thank you so much for you know participating and thank you so much for asking the question just now. 
definitely excited to see you around so guys all you you know people who are in on instagram as well as on facebook thank you so much for joining us uh it has been really really fun with you guys and do stay tuned for the next episode of you know this coding uh you know coding session where i'm going to invite uh another alumni and you know the other alumni is going to share about the experience and you know their background and how what they see about uh, coding. So before we end this, do you have one you know advice, key advice to people who wants to learn to code? This one is specifically for girls. So I mean it's for everyone, but also for girls who you know want to learn how to code. Yeah. Or are thinking about it and thinking about that next step. So. You are not, you know, we're not all the same kind of people. Like, don't think about it as it's that nerd in school who, you know, pulled their pants up to here and wore glasses and got bullied all the time. Literally, some of the coolest people that I know who can code so well are girls. One of the best coders that I know is also a girl. And so it really is possible and for girls to code. There's absolutely no difference at all between a guy and a girl coding, like absolutely no difference. Just maybe the way that we treat or that we think um, coders are, you know, generally men. But I really encourage girls to learn how to code um, just because it's super cool and it's also extremely fun. And you never know that you might find that you have a real aptitude for it and a real passion for it. So, yeah, I encourage all girls out there to, you know, to. To enter the tech scene in a little way and give it a try. We need, we need, you know, people of different backgrounds, uh, different gender, um, to come together because, right, coding when you're creating something because coding is about creating stuff. When you're creating something, it should not be, you know, it should not be created from just one perspective. It should be created from very all different perspectives. And that is what makes the product interesting. That's what makes the product fun. When you're building an app, who's going to be using it? Yeah. It's you all are. the users out there who will be using it. Another, you know, another person from a different background, another person from a different gender. And that diversity, when, when you have a bunch of creators or coders who are diverse, they bring in very interesting perspective to when they come to building products that you know, methods and products that work. So guys, um, thank you so much for joining us and thank you so much for staying, staying tuned with us all the way up, you know, till now. I don't know what's the time now, but uh, yeah, stay tuned and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. -bye.